0: Thankful for what you feel here tonight. It is an honor to stand in this desk before this great gathering. very humble and I can assure you that I feel um, incapable of such a task and I have asked the Lord to help us tonight and I have Pleaded with him to give me his heartbeat for this service. And I believe he's done just that. I give honor to first of all my family, appreciate see them appear to my right, my brother, and um, my wife, my best friend, my wife, my children are here tonight. I love them very dearly, and I'm thankful that they're here. I give honor to this youth committee. executive and general counsels of the WPF. I'm very very thankful that brother Booker is on this platform tonight. And we love and appreciate him. I give honor to my pastor. I'm not aware that he's here tonight. But it would be just like him to be on Holy Ghost Radio. Everybody needs a pastor. I'm not sure if she's in the building, um, but if she is, I would also like to give honor to the pastor's wife that I knew for The first 17 years of my life, and we lost her husband, which was my pastor growing up, um, as far as I'm concerned, way too early. But I believe it was in 99, after fighting cancer. And Sister Brian, if you're in the building, I give you honor, and I appreciate you. Praise God. Without further ado, I'd like to turn your attention to Isaiah chapter 61. We'll read a couple of verses from there, and then we will flip to the New Testament, to the 16th chapter of St. Mark. of this caliber, this quality, this type of meeting is, the pressure is intense and then you sit all week long and you listen to these other guys capably divide the word of the Lord and by the time the guy gets through on a friday afternoon you're like there's nothing left these guys have managed to pull every piece of chicken there is off of the bone so i'm just going to throw the bones at you tonight The thing I've liked is each guy has just done their, their thing. They've done their thing. And I can't be anybody but me. And so I'm just going to do my thing tonight. Praise God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion,
1: and to give unto them beauty for ashes, and the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness. And the planning of the Lord that he may be glorified. And they, someone say and they, They. say and they, they. shall build the old waste. And they shall raise up the former desolations. And they, who, who are these? They people. Probably not who you think it is. Who are these they people? They're going to build up old waste and they're going to raise up former desolations and they're going to repair the waste cities and the desolations of many generations. Who are these they people? It's these people right here or two verses before. That he's taken their ashes and given them beauty. And that he's taken the heaviness and he's given them. No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't know if you've read this close. Everything here, all of the qualifications for a funeral are right here. There's heaviness. There's mourning. And there's ashes. everything you need for a funeral everything you need for a burial everything you need to send somebody away and God stops this funeral possession as it were and says wait a minute hold on a second I can do something Mark 16, quick, you're standing. Verse number one, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices. And they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre And when they looked they saw that the stone was rolled away for it was great And entering into the sepulchre they saw a young man sitting on the right side clothed in a long white garment And they were affrighted And he said unto them be not affrighted Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth which was crucified He is risen He is not here Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. Watch this. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee and there shall ye see him as he said unto you. The angel said, Go tell the disciples and Peter. Tonight, I've come to preach. I've come to reach beyond all of you that have it together. Beyond all of you that have all your problems fixed and everything in your life in place. Tonight, if you would give me the liberty, I would like to leave the safety of the fold. And I would like to preach somewhere in this building to somebody, several somebodies, more than what you realize from this thought. And Peter. And if you need a subtitle to excite you, I'm going to preach to this meeting here tonight. I've fallen and I can Get up. No, they got it wrong on the screen. I've fallen and I can. Look at your neighbor and say, I can. Get up. Clap your hands and thank the Lord for his word. Come on, lift your voice and shout. I need a mama somewhere helping me right now. I need a burden leader somewhere helping me right now. I need somebody that's been pushing the plate away. Concerned for your little Sally. And your little Joe. Come on, I need a a youth leader to plug in somewhere right now. I need a prayer warrior to get on. Come on. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But we're not doing this mechanically. We're not doing this out of motion. If Jesus doesn't show up here in the next little bit, we're in a heap of trouble. Come on all the way to the back risers. Lift your voice and cry out to God. Help us. Holy Ghost. No, we're going to do it again. Take somebody by the hand and lift your voice and pray. I know you've been on your feet for a while, but let's pray right now. I don't know how good a preacher I'll be. But I pray God will make me a great preacher tonight. Simon Peter too. Simon Peter too. Oh yeah, we're gonna take another big, another big swath a big swipe at this. We're gonna get everybody I said Simon Peter's going too. Simon Peter's going too. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise for it. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. At 36 years old. When it comes to the intense struggle, the battle, the temptation that, this, that faces this generation at a young age of 36, I can say that I am thankful that I went ahead of them. I'm thankful that I didn't have to deal with some of the things that they are dealing with. I sympathize. I've got compassion. It's not been many years ago when I sat where you sat. The seductress of this world still hung out on the back streets and the dark lit alleys of life. That's not been too many years ago. When I was your age, the close, the closest, the closest that I could get, the closest that we could get to pornography, was a magazine that typically would have a black cover over it, behind a convenient a convenience store's counter, somewhere like a Quick Trip or a Circle K. There were seducing spirits, there were battles, there were struggles, but they were somewhere on the back streets in darkly lit areas. And for the most part, if you stayed away from her corner, you did okay. In fact, I believe that applicable preaching to my generation was just, you stay away from it and it won't bother you just don't go where she's at she's she's back here on she's back here on first avenue and and she kind of she kind of stands back in the shadows somewhere and 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 she's kind of she's kind of she's subtle she's subtle but but she's not she's not as brazen and bold as what we're dealing with in this generation The enemy understands where we're at He understands the times In fact he has a better understanding Than what even you and I have He's amped it up Praise God He's put his aid team on the field If you will He understands If I'm going to destroy this generation I've got to do it now We're going to get real here tonight and so it's not the seductress on the corner of First Avenue where there's darkly, where it's, where it's, where it's very, where it's very uh, lightly lit and in the shadows somewhere. Stay away from the shadows. No. But the seductress is brazen and bold now. She walks amongst the people. She's on Main Street. In fact, she's not afraid to get in your face. She's not afraid. Come on. She's not afraid to get in your business. She's not afraid. We're not dealing with a seducing spirit anymore that's somewhere in the shadows, and staying out of the shadows is not going to cut it. We're dealing with a bold, brazen spirit. Come on, that's in the face of this generation that wants to destroy, that wants to deviate, that. Everything that can be thought of and things that you don't want to think of and things beyond even what you can imagine is being hurled in the direction of this generation. Your child, ladies and gentlemen, is just one or two clicks from their world literally being turned upside down. It's not something that you have to go looking for anymore. It's not something that catches you because of curiosity. No, it's thrown in their face. It's on the billboards. It's on advertisements. Come on, there's an agenda in academia. There's an agenda on the college campus. There's an agenda in elementary. We don't work on this here. They have desensitized. They have desensitized this generation to the point, literally, where there is no morality. There are no morals. The enemy's pulling every rabbit out of the trick. Listen to me. I have come tonight to preach in defense of the fallen. I make no qualms of my responsibility on this Friday night. I come in defense of the wounded. I come in defense of those that have failed. I want you to know that everybody that's backslid since last peak, everybody that smashed their face on the ground and broken their life into a million pieces is not because they just were bound and determined to split well wide open. I'm not talking to young people that are just rebellious and full of iniquity. I'm preaching to somebody that was duped, somebody that was tricked, somebody that tripped up on a Satan panic subterfuge I've come to preach to you that failure is not final The Holy Ghost gave me clarity. He told me to come tell somebody's little darling here. Come on, You're looking at a dress, but beyond the dress, there's a mess. You're looking at a young man in a suit, but beyond that suit, there is a situation. There is something that is absolutely trying to destroy your life. But I've come to tell you, you got what you wanted, but the Holy Ghost said, you don't have to keep what you got. I need somebody to help me here. You don't have to keep it. I'm preaching to babies darlings if that offends you I'm sorry that's how strong I feel about this generation those are endearments those are terms of endearment because of how I feel about your kids you're broken you're messed up you got so many knots in your mind you come to this meeting in a million pieces but God sent Cody Marks to make something real clear here tonight there is life after failure God is not through with you some of you in the last several days when apostolic things began to be preached I've seen you jump more readily on your feet than what you're jumping here tonight. I want you to understand there's a reason in the book of Acts someone shout in the book of Acts that God a story about a young man by the name of Eudicus. yes we believe in signs and wonders and you shouted about that yes we believe in miracles and you shouted about that yes we believe in feelings and you shouted about that yes we believe in baptisms and you shouted about that but I want you to hear me loud and clear restoration is apostolic restoration is apostolic! Apostolic. I am preaching to some eutychus that fell from the window come on I'm preaching to some young men and young ladies yes you did it there's no denying you did it you've got yourself addicted to pornography believe God sent me here to play the part of Paul I'm running down, finding a young man, come on and say it. he's not dead, there's still some life in him, there's still some hope, there's still <laughs> the Bible says That there were those there that picked him up for dead on their way to bury him. Unfortunate. Young man shouldn't have got that close to the world. Young man. You know all that perfect preaching and not making any mistakes? Come on, come on, and being flawless and sterling. It sounds good to preach, but I want you to know it's not real. We'll see how much you stand by your flawless doctrines when it's your own kids that make a mess out of their life. Yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead and be the one that sticks your judgmental finger on their nose—the only thing above the water—and said, "Well, he got what he deserved. He shouldn't have been looking the way of the world. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have gone hard. He shouldn't have been drinking. He shouldn't have been watching television." Where, where is that one that believes? I think there's still some life. I think there's still some hope. I think there's still some blood. I think there's still some mercy. When a car is wrecked and they send an, insur- an insurance adjuster out there are some determining, determining factors that play in to whether the wreck is deemed as total or salvaged. Now you that are older, you just, just be with me here a minute. If you're older and you're broken just let me make a point i believe there's mercy here for you but one of the big one of the big deciders is they look at that car that has been wrecked and they consider how old is it now don't make me preface this if you're 50 and you've fallen i believe there's mercy for you but i'm preaching to these kids right now they look at that car and they say well that thing was built in 1979. That thing, that thing was built in the 60s. I'm not. I, I, I just don't know. I, I'm just not sure. But if that, if that car still got some life in it, come on. I think a 14 or a 15. I think a 13-year-old that gets mixed up with the wrong girl in the youth crew. I think he still got a lot of life to live. fornicating but i believe if a young girl slips up and gets pregnant at 15 or 16 i hope to god we don't have our long roads of righteous indignation and we put our thumb on their nose and put them under there's a lot of life to live after 16 years old there's a lot of blood there's a lot of mercy there's a lot of living still And then the second thing they look at is demographics. Now, if it's an old 19, 99, four x four, jacked up. I don't know all that lingo. You'd have to get Brother Buxton to help me. And it's in New York City. Not a whole lot of redeeming value there. They consider the world around the wreck. You didn't hear what I just said. They consider the world around the wreck. There's a lot of years left here, but they look at the world around the wreck. when a young person wrecks their life come on I'm talking about I'm talking about God the almighty adjuster I believe he looks in there and says I believe I'll leave them there's a world there there's somebody to witness to there's somebody to teach a bible study to there's a door to be knocked on there's somebody to win I believe I'll leave them there There's some value to leaving an apostolic in the world even after they've fallen on their face. Well, that ain't righteousness. Well, you don't know what righteousness is either. The righteousness you have is what God called filthy rags. Because it's self-righteousness. You can't preach that. You're giving those kids a permission to sin. You're giving those. No, I'm not. But I am giving them permission to come home. given them permission to repent of their sins you know what a righteous man looks like I tell you what a righteous man looks like he's got bruises and he's got and he's got scars And he's got bumps Hallelujah Somebody help me right now He's got rips and cuts and knots Righteousness is not decided On how many times you fail Righteousness is about an attitude That says I'm going to get it right I'm going to get it right I'm going to get it right I'm going right. gonna... to Pastor don't give up on me I'm going to get it right set the stage for this i broke a fast last night and i went to bed and i woke myself up this morning i sat straight up out of the bed and i woke myself up screaming no i had just dreamed i was coyote hunting looked like somewhere like utah with the bertrams We were up in the face of a mountain, way up high. God only knows the elevation. We were tucked back in to that mountain in an open area. And my oldest son was sitting right there next to me. And Brother Bertram was doing the calls and there was stuff going on. And All of a sudden, a light went that way and I caught eyes. And as I caught eyes, I was having scrambling. We were trying to get guns and lights in the right direction. And... uh, As I'm trying to grab something and get a gun in my hand, Caden slips. And that quick, he started rolling off of that sheer edge. And all I could see is his blonde hair flopping and a cloud of dust. And I woke myself up, screaming, No! And I have wrestled with that all day long. That God adjusted all that for me earlier today in prayer. I'm trying to preach to somebody's babies like I'd want you to preach to mine if they were lost. I want this conference to hear me tonight. There is a reason that angel sitting there behind or by that open sepulcher there is a reason in his announcement that he said what he said to those ladies that were mourning there is a reason why he said what he said he said to her i want you to go tell the disciples that the resurrected christ is on his way come on they're gonna see him they're gonna see that he is alive you tell the disciples and Peter. I apologize. I don't know who your friends are. I do not know who your parents are. I don't know what kind of leadership that you are subjected to. But whoever, whoever has made you feel excluded. Whoever has made you feel like you're no longer a disciple. Come on. Come on. That was for Simon Peter. But that was also for those doubting disciples. She'll never live for God. He'll never get it together. You know what? God will. was saying through that angel, Peter's my boy, too. Peter, Peter's my boy, too. Cursing. Denying three times, acting like an idiot, going back fishing, uh, taking people. Hey, he was sending a word out. Hey, I don't just love the disciples. Come on, I still believe in Peter. I still believe in the denier. I still believe. Come on, young man. You need to get a hold of what I'm preaching. I've fallen, but I can get up. I've fallen, but I can get up. The mistake has made you feel like you're no longer a part of the group. That message was not just for Simon Peter's critics. It was for Simon Peter's well-being as well. I just have a hard time brother marks. My kids didn't make all those mistakes. God bless you. I'm glad they didn't. But I know some good men who did it right that their kids did I don't care if they've said they'll never darken the door of a church again in fact I feel like prophesying maybe they're sneaking on the radio listening right now I believe God can give them a Thomas experience I believe right now Why could the announcement make an all-inclusive invitation to see the resurrected Christ? What was it that happened? Between failure and an open sepulcher. What happened? Come on, what happened? Why could the angel give an all inclusive message and Peter and the betrayer? Notice, not only did he also include Peter, but he didn't use the word Simon. (inaudible) (sighs) What makes it possible after betrayal what makes it possible after cursing what makes it possible after cutting the ear off come on that in itself could have brought Peter death are you hearing me I'll tell you why he said he was Peter and not Simon I'll tell you why the angel pointed to the future and not the past there was an old rugged cross called Calvary that stood in between the mistake and the open sepulcher the cross I can preach restoration because of a bloody cross. I can preach hope because of Calvary. You say, didn't you have something more inclusive you could preach to 5,000 people? You might be surprised. I was preaching not too long ago to close to 200 people. And I dealt with the spirit of abandonment. People on the verge of just abandoning it all. And in 200 people, I thought I'm preaching to two or three people. And there's people in this congregation that was in that service tonight, that night, that can verify what I'm fixing to tell you. 35 to 40 people. And I stood there going, huh? What? It's the seductress. She's not on the back corner. It's not something, brother. It's not something, brother, you stay away from anymore. Don't go over there. She'll get you, she'll pull you in. No. The seductress that Solomon talked about, she now mingles in the masses. She follows people, she follows people into services.
0: I'm 40 minutes. I'm hurrying.
1: God has not marked you out of your out of His plans. Some of you, because of mistake gone back to living like Simon and the angel says you're Peter Holy Ghost spoke to me and he said you tell those people that failure is not an event it's an opinion No, you didn't hear what i just said failure is not a day on the calendar failure wait a minute you guys are hanging from the chandeliers over apostolic infillings and apostolic miracles and come on you were hanging from the chandelier. i want you to understand we better get excited that god put a promise in there that when eutychus in the book of acts falls Just like we can believe God for miracles. Just like we can believe God for revival. We can believe God for restoration. There's kids in this building. Parents. People have scraped them up to take them away and bury them. I tell you what, I believe they're one I believe they're one preacher getting his hands on them away. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. There's still some there's still some life. There's still some life there. I close with this. According to Forbes magazine, 2016, the net worth of this man was $2.7 billion. Early in his career, he oversaw the construction and the operation of several historically notable Las Vegas and Atlantic City hotels. He is notorious, some would say, I say he's infamous, for playing a pivotal role in the resurgence and expansion of the Las Vegas Strip in the 1990s and early 2000s. Mr. Steve Wynn is an avid art collector. There next to, I believe it is, the Mirage, or the Bellagio, I can't remember which it is. It's there on the Las Vegas Strip. He has a casita. That little small abode is full of art. I've never been there, but they say there's actually an art gallery, gallery in the hotel, and that oftentimes that there is art on display out in the foyers. He so said, "I have an art collector." Back in the year of 2001, Mr. Steve Wynn bought a painting for his collection that he paid 50 million dollars for. The painting was the painting was created by Mr. Pablo Picasso. The painting took Picasso a matter of they say just a few days, a very short period of time. Ironically, interestingly enough, he named the painting The Larev, or translated The Dream dream 50 million dollars it was the centerpiece of his expanse collection all of his guests would come through that was that was the story he would he would go and he would he would share the dream with them. you see because mr. Wynn was more than just a collector of art he was more than just an investor he was a lover he had a deep appreciation he felt he felt that these pieces of history were like his own children, but, as all avid collectors know, we get bored and we move on to something else. Five years later in the year two thousand and six, again, I take reference from uh, several different places, but this was part of this story was published in the Bloomberg and The New York Post five years later in 2006 he decides that he's going to sell the dream to purchase two other pieces of art he puts the word out that the dream is for sale it's not long until he gets a nibble a bite the man that contacts him actually is a friend but he is he is an investor you see and he sees the value in in this painting it's one of a kind and it's caught art attention literally all over the world for, for, for many many years and and so the lawyers come together and Mr. Cohen, the, the potential buyer, sends his, he sends his lawyers and his examiners and they, they take it out and examine And Yes, it is, it is authentic. The authenticity is there. It, it is what it is. And the papers are drawn up and it's signed. Mr. Mr. Wynn, being the flamboyant, gregarious man that he is, decides, well, we're going to give the dream one last party. And so he, he sends out a bunch of invitations to uh, Hollywood celebrities and they fly into Vegas. Can you, can you imagine flying in somewhere just to celebrate a piece of art? And there's wine and cheese and, and they're, they're just going to. And he has set it there in the center of the room displaying it on, on an easel. And there it is. It is, it, is the, it is the object of celebration that night. And Mr. Wynn has a degenerative eye disease and. He is, from my understanding, gleaning from the things that I read, references that I read. He's very outgoing and he talks with his hands and he's standing there and he is talking with his hands but because of the degenerative eye disease, his balance is not, equilibrium is not as good as it's been in the past. And as he's flinging his arms and he's telling the story, I have just five years after buying this piece of art for $50 million, I have just signed and made the deal with Mr. Cohen. And he has purchased the dream for $139 million. Five years later. $139 million. And he's standing in front of this $139 million piece of art. And he's flinging his arms. And Mr. Wynn stumbles. And as he stumbles, he reaches back to catch himself. And when he reaches back to catch himself, he runs his arm. through the dream 139 million dollars rips he's laying there on the ground and air leaves the room much like it just left this coliseum funny enough they say he tries to gather himself and before he even gets back on his feet he looks around and says "Whoa, whoa. he said it's alright he said nobody's dead he said, and at least I did it, and not you. And if you hadn't amen me all night, you ought to say amen right there. He gets on his feet. One, 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 one onlooker that gave their view of the situation said that he stood there in front of this ripped piece of art, and it wasn't just the heart. It wasn't just the art that was ripped, but they could tell it had ripped the heart of this man. Money's nothing to him dream and shatter. And he starts trying to figure out how I am going to break the news to an investor that I have just destroyed what he paid $139 million for. He gets on the phone after he's rehearsed this a thousand times and he gets in hold of his friend, Mr. Cohen, the buyer. And he stutters, Amber stumbles his way through it. And he says, listen, we got a problem piece of art that you just paid $139 million for. I just destroyed it. He said, you've got two choices. He said, it did have an insurance policy. He said, you can redeem it. He said, you can take the torn art and do with it what you want. He said, or he said, if you're willing, he said, I'll buy it back. in his torn condition. Later, Cohen's remarks in regard to this, he said, there was no thinking involved. He said, I knew immediately what my choice was. He said, I could easily redeem redeem the insurance policy and he said, I was an investor collector. He said, the art would have been forgotten. He said, it would have been stuck in storage somewhere and the story would have never been told. It would have died. It would have never lived on. He said, but I knew Mr. Wynn was a lover of what had been torn and what had been destroyed. It does matter whose hands, it does matter whose hands the broken pieces get into. Can I just get real? I mean, I feel some things, and I I know it's sensitive, but there's some sexuality issues in this place. I'm just telling you, you. Let me tell you something. And I'm not against Christian counselors, okay? Listen to me. But this, when you're dealing with demonic spirits... sensitive stuff but I'm I'm just telling I'm telling some young ladies let me tell you something and you got all these broken pieces you can say what you want to know you can say what you want to say I'll tell you what I know I tell you I know this meeting is the only thing standing between somebody and splitting hell wide open in fact this meeting it's contingent in some minds in fact, there's some people that paid the money. In fact, there's some people here that didn't want to come here, but somebody sent you here. And all week long, there's been a slow softening. And you got all these broken pieces because you've already been experimenting. See, because the world took something that was natural, two little girls holding hands and skipping and whispering in each other ear about boys, the world took what was natural between two little girls and they've perverted it. And now a young, a young, well, Go ahead. Bury your head in the sand like a proverbial ostrich. Go ahead. It doesn't change what we're dealing with. The world has perverted that. The world's perverted that. And the world's saying, well, if you're going to hold hands and if you're going to whisper in one another's ear, so now the world that you and I are living in right now, as I speak, there are parents with newly born children. You want to talk about they think they're trying to save their children's future by protecting their identity. They're tweaking them before they have a chance to speak. You know why? Because they're fighting, they're fighting that birth certificates, certificates no longer have male or female on them. You're gonna. You're not gonna pay any attention to the magazine she's got in her car and what's coming in your mailbox and and the, and, and and I guess I guess we've I guess we've lost the battle. I guess social media is here to stay. The blogs and the people that you're following, and the and and no 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 no, no the poison that you've got in your feeds. Hey, no 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 wait a minute wait a minute. No, there's a situation that I've been dealing with and others. And I promised God I'd stand on my head with my hair on fire to make sure it never happened again. If you're struggling with these kind of things and you've already made mistakes and you have questions and you've got all these little broken pieces, for your soul's sake, don't get on the internet. And, no, listen to me. And try to find a blog with someone who identifies with you. No, no, listen to me. You might be broken, but you better be careful whose hands you put your broken pieces into. I'm hurrying. Maybe your faith, maybe you brought your faith here into a million broken pieces. Don't get on the internet and find some reprobate, apostatizing, disgruntled, bitter, bitter, ex-apostolic. No, no, listen. To go talk to about your faith problem. If you've got to talk to somebody, you better take the broken heart. You better take the broken dreams. You better take the broken pieces and get it into the nail-scarred hands. We're not talking about, we're not talking about an investor. Hallelujah. We're talking about the lover, the creator of your soul. Something done to you when you were a young boy doesn't make you a homosexual. If you were molested, okay, okay, there's broken pieces. Okay, there's issues. Okay, but you're not a homosexual because you were sexually abused. Oh, you you going to make somebody upset. No, I'm not. No, I, they know I love them. I'm not going to make nobody upset. You better quit categorizing sin while we're at it. No, no, listen to me. Listen to me. Because the sin, the unforgivable sins. Oh, God, here we go. The things you've labeled in your mind as unforgivable. Oh, somebody can't recover over that. Their sins is no worse than your gossiping. backbiting, backstabbing. Sin, sin is sin. man who's truly full, sorry, truthfully sorry can, can reverse the course Wynn takes the broken dream and he scours the world
0: and over the, over
1: the big pond he finds
0: an art surgeon
1: and he delivers the broken 139, piece, 139 million nine million dollar piece
0: of art into the hands of the art surgeon. Watch now, I'm done. And the art surgeon stalks and paces around and he looks and he studies.
1: He says, I think it can be fixed. No, no, listen, listen, listen. He said, in fact, He said, when I'm finished, you'll never be able to tell it from the front. Hold on, He said, the story will always be told from the back. And they may not want you looking, but I'll let them look. You're looking at the Friday night speaker peeking and it may look like I got it all together, but may just like everybody else in here if you look at us it, real close from the back there's been some surgeries there's been some surgeries there's been some stitches there's, there's been things that,
0: there's been some things that have had been, that have been pulled back together and and Mr. Wynn, I can fix it, but it's going to take
1: time. You're going to have to go home and you're going to have to submit yourself. This doesn't happen overnight. In fact, some would look at the word res- restoration and they'd say, well, the key word there is the root word restore. No, the key word to restoration is. it's it's condensed down even smaller. It's rest. I've never seen a classic restored moving down the road. In order for the process of restoration to begin, somebody's got to first be honest and willing to say, look, there's a problem here. years later, Mr. Wing gets a call. He says, I'm all done. Let me tell you something, young people, and I'm not here to rebuke anybody. Okay. I'm just here to tell you what, you know, that feeling when you like, it's your funny bone. I get that feeling when I hear preachers say, God don't need you. He can't replace you. No, no, listen. You're not replaceable. It's the one thing that continues to baffle the minds of the atheist is the fact that there's no there's no two there's no two single fingerprints that are alike. And I think I know what they mean when they say that. God does not want to replace you. He wants to restore you. And he, he tries to find the slightest discrepancy because he knows the dream like nobody knows it. And Peter. <laughs> Go get Pete too. Maybe that's what I should have called this. Go get Pete too. May not mean anything to you that got it all together but there's a Pete somewhere in this place that's on his tippy toes right now oh. 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 I did it I know I did it I'm guilty come on I'm addicted I've, I've got problems I got issues but there's a Pete saying thank God for a cross thank God for a cross thank God for blood thank God for restoration thank God Guess what? Wynn sold the painting again in its restored state. Cheaper, right? Nope. No, worse. Because something restored is worth more. Because the investment becomes more intimate. There's more involved. No, no, here's the kicker. It sold in its restored state for one hundred and fifty-five million. But here's the part of the story that tears me up. Nobody that knows Brother Adams that story want anything to do with that piece of art. That's torn goods. Nobody would want to use her. Nobody nobody would want to put her in a Sunday school. Nobody would want to let her lead a choir. Nobody will want her kids. To, Babysit her, their kids. Nobody, nobody's gonna want him in their pulpit. He'll never make a youth leader. That's how it works, right? Oh no, 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 no. You know who bought it for 155 million? Mr. Cohen, the same guy that bought it intact at 139 million. in a restored state than the original. He still wants you, baby. No, 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 no. Peter! Peter! Missionary! Sunday school teacher choir member soul winner Peter preacher of Pentecost huh I said preacher of Pentecost hey Pete now whether that was for you Or whether, Brother Godair, that was for him. Or whether that was for both of them. It says, you go tell the disciples and old people. you you, you getting ready to see he's resurrected. And because he died and is resurrected, I can be restored. Is not through with you. There was one that stood up amongst the eleven, jiggling some keys. <laughs> What's he doing? Shh. And Peter. she thinks she is Shh. Shh. and Peter and Peter said unto them the bedrock the cornerstone of who we are and we don't believe in restoration Peter said, uh, who said it? Peter. <laughs> who's gonna, who's, okay, here we go. Who's gonna go to these cities? Who's gonna go to these nations? Who's going to raise the walls up? Who are these vague people? It's the people that two verses before everybody was fixing to have a funeral for. But here's the key. Are you ready? Here's the key. You can't have beauty and ashes too. See, that's you can't you can't be totally restored and keep your rust too. You you're not gonna help me. Classic car lovers, they'll pay. Ask Brother Buxton; they pay big bucks. What do they pay big bucks for? Something in a field nobody else wants that's got grass growing up in it and it's full of rust. You know what they call it? The bones. And they're willing to pay big bucks for the bones. Can I tell you something? There's a savior in this house that's looking for bones. He's looking for bones. The devil says, I got them. And Jesus says, oh, not yet. The devil says there has been. And Jesus said, oh, not yet. The devil's. Who's going to start these churches? Who's going to L.A.? Who's going to Chicago Metro? Who's going to the jungles of Africa? Who's going to raise up these desolated cities? Well, who better? Who could be more empathetic? More merciful? To whom much is... I want to ask you a question I never thought of till right then, and I believe it was the Holy Ghost. After Miriam dealt with leprosy, I wonder if she ever looked at a leper the same again. <laughs> failure I'm going to make some people a little nervous right here but it's part of the problem with failure is when people continue to flail around in the futility of it get up clean yourself off Repent. I didn't listen last time, but I'm going to listen this time. I didn't get it right that Don't anybody move. Don't flinch just yet. I want you to close your eyes. For this being different, if not for grim, I know I know the pressures,
0: I, be, I know the
1: unspoken,
0: you only know,
1: but I had to be obedient tonight.
0: You see, I don't
1: care where you're at, listen to me, I don't care do if you're I on the back row of those nosebleed sections. The hopeless king. I want you that are in the altar to listen to Brother Marks. Push back. I want you to step back. There's no way we can make enough room. I don't care if you're in the back row of that nosebleed session. I don't care if you're in these risers. Maybe you're already on the floor. If you're here and you're ready to get some things turned around, you say, Brother Marks, I'm not not just interested in God saving me. If Thomas could go to India and turn the world upside down after the world marked him off, he's a doubting man. And he goes and turns India. Why can't I believe that God can take a doubter and make a disciple tonight? I don't care where the mess is at. I don't care what the problem is. We're not here to we're not here to air to everyone's dirty laundry. You just say, "There's, brother Marks. There's brokenness, the dream, my hopes. Something has happened, a train wreck." But you're like David, and you say, "Created me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit." I want you right now to begin to make your way. Don't anybody, if this is not you, don't move. I want every eye closed, every head bowed, and I want you praying. I want you to come to me right now. If it's 20, if it's 50, if it's 500, come out of those risers right now. There's brokenness, there's issues. Fix me. Fix me. Fix me Glad you see Fix me Come to me Come to me Come on, where are you at? They're still coming